Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 522. This is the weekly show about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Grow Flowers. Farm Grow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. Our first sponsor thanks goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. In celebration of our Slow Flowers podcast's 8th anniversary, we launched our new live stream video format, calling it the Slow Flowers Show, with the goal of sharing the faces and voices of our members, as well as tours of their farms, their shops, and their studios, and most of all, their flowers. Last week, I took a short ferry ride from the mainland, from Tacoma's Point Defiance, to Vashon Island, Washington, a beautiful evergreen place with deep agricultural roots and people who love both living among nature and having relatively quick access to the urban settings of Seattle and Tacoma. I actually look at Vashon Island every day from my upstairs office window across Puget Sound to the west. I don't get there often enough, but before summer came to an end, I wanted to schedule an afternoon visiting two Vashon Island-based Slow Flowers members on their farms. Originally, I had planned to bundle video footage of the two tours, my interviews with the women behind Sweet Alyssum Farm and Marmal Farm, into one huge episode. But rather than having not enough content to share with you, I had an embarrassment of riches, more than one episode's worth. So today, you'll enjoy Vashon Island Flowers Part 1, my visit to meet Alyssa O'Sullivan of Sweet Alyssum Farm, And next week, I'll introduce you to island flower grower Haley Dams of Marmal Farm during part two. Meeting them and enjoying a glorious change of scenery, not to mention personal field tours, inspiring conversations, and two ferry rides, well, it was just the thing I needed to recenter my mind and remind me about why I care so much about nurturing and supporting the Slow Flowers movement and our members through content like you'll enjoy today. Before we get started, here's a bit more about Alyssa O'Sullivan. Alyssa is the owner and founder of Sweet Alyssum Farm, which grows specialty cut flowers to nurture creativity within the local floral community on Vashon Island and beyond. Her focus on sustainability nurtures the earth, the animals, and the people these flowers touch along the way. 
As a small, creatively run farm, Sweet Alyssum shares flowers through several outlets, including market bouquets at local farmers markets, flowers for weddings and events, bouquets for several local food CSAs, and special order arrangements. I know you'll enjoy our conversation as Alyssa describes the many ways she and her partner are creating multiple income channels to sustain their livelihood on their beautiful property. You can visit deborahprinzing.com for episode 522 to see our show notes, including photographs, a link to Alyssa's essay, Why Flowers, which she wrote last year for Slow Flowers Journal, our online magazine, and to watch my video tour of Sweet Alyssa's prolific late summer crops. So let's jump right in and get started. Thank you so much for doing this. Sure, it's yeah. so fun to come to Vashon yeah, for the day. It's fun and, to have you. Uh, so I'm really happy to be here with Alyssa O'Sullivan of Sweet Alyssa Farm. And which came first, your love of Alyssa or your name <laughs> Alyssa? Or was it, are they, is that the reason you were named Alyssa? Yeah, I I think it's just that I've, I don't know, we've always grown Alyssa in my family because mm-hmm. my name is Alyssa. I think it was just a fun Pie. Yeah, um, that's sweet. And then I learned a lot of farming on vegetable farms, and everyone incorporates alyssum as a great pollinator plant. Sweet alyssum. So, right. It just kind of lined up to be my business. It's name. perfect. Yeah. I love it. I mean, yeah. everybody had. I, I try to ask everyone the story of their business name. Sometimes it's the name of the street they're on, and yeah. it's not romantic necessarily. Yeah, totally. So, uh, but we um, we've had a wonderful article by Alyssa on Soulflowers Journal, so I'm going to put that in our show notes, cool. so people can read it. You wrote that during the pandemic, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, it was kind <laughs> of like the different uh, angles I tried selling flowers in during the pandemic when things were a little uncertain. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a really you were very transparent about that. Um, I normally start by asking people to give a snapshot of their business. Uh, so why don't we talk about your business? You told us just now on the farm tour that you're, this is your second location, but mm-hmm. your third My or fourth third season? Year. Okay, yeah. third season. Mm-hmm. And, but you grew, you were a farmer before that, working on food farms. Yeah. Okay, so it's not like you're a true beginner. Well, yeah, but with flowers, I kind of dove right in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you describe the business right now? Um... I probably mostly sell uh, my flowers as mixed bouquets, so... So some design aspects. Some design, but, um, like, market bouquets. So, like, through... I do one farmer's market in Seattle a week, and then I have CSA programs. I'm an add-on to two different vegetable farms with pretty large CSAs, so those people get weekly mixed bouquets from me, too. Um, so that's where most of my flowers go. And then I do have some wholesale accounts with florists and, um, a grocery store in Tacoma also. Okay. So you're not, you're not just, um, keeping all your business on this island of 10,000 residents. No. You're branching out. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, it's probably mostly off island Mm -hmm. is my business. And I, my business started off island too. So I think that's kind of why. You, you're familiar with Seattle and Tacoma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, let's just break it down. So the um, Queen Anne Farmer's Market is one of the most popular weekly farmer's markets in the city. Yeah. Is it year-round? It's not, is it? It's not. It's okay. usually, like, beginning of June through midway through October. Okay. And then this year they are doing a couple, like, 
like a handful of fall and winter mm-hmm. uh, markets as well. But. And since you're growing so many product, so much product for dried mm-hmm. flowers, that works for you, right? Yeah, I will attend those. I do really well with my dried flowers, and I make wreaths and um, like Christmas ornaments and different everlasting little smaller uh-huh. price price point items. But those do really well at in-person markets. Yeah. So. yeah. So what does that take up? Does that take up a full day of your life every week? How do you prepare for that? It's probably more like two full days because we harvest and then I have to make all the, I do mostly pre-make all my bouquets that I take to market. Um, So yeah, it's like a morning of harvesting, an afternoon and evening of bouquet making, and then a day of set up, market, tear down, so. Yeah, and what are the hours? Uh, For that market, it's an evening one, so it starts at 3 and it ends at 7.30. Which is actually not bad. It's great. Because the whole day of, you probably don't have to, you can get things done here on the farm before you have to load up, go go on the ferry. Yeah, I have a few hours in the morning to kind of get some tasks done. So Mm -hmm. it's not a total lost day to market, but... Is it Wednesday? I can't remember. It's Thursday. Thursday, okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. I... I haven't been there for a couple of years, but um, you—it was before you were selling there. So, mm-hmm. was it competitive to get into that market? It can be. There was when I first started. There was only one other flower grower. Wow. Um, I know it ebbs and flows because Jello Mold started there. That's what I heard. Yeah. Too. Um, and we've had a few come and go even since I've been there. I started um, with. I was like a shared booth with a vegetable farm that I worked on. She very kindly kind of gave me an in, so I just had like a little corner with my bouquets. Um, so that kind of helped me build the relationship yeah. with them. You established and your credibility and yes. your product quality probably. So that really helped and I'm really grateful smart. for that. Yeah, yeah, that was smart. Mm-hmm. And flowers always attract people to their booths. Yep. So maybe that's why veggie growers have a few bunches of sunflowers and zinnias anyway, right? They do, and a lot of people at that market do, too, yeah. but it's great. It makes the market look really nice. Yeah, and you have a diff- diversity of floral ingredients yeah. that most of the market food growers don't have. Probably. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, on the CSAs that you said, they're add-ons. Um, are they food gro- food CSAs that are Vashon Island-based, or are they just from other parts of Puget Sound? They're both, actually, like... In the Tacoma Puyallup oh, area is okay. where the, those farms are based. Um, I worked on both those farms previously before starting my own business. So again, just um, like your be- your foothold into the yeah. Queen Anne market, you had these farming relationships yeah. that opened doors for you. That really helped me in starting my business. Was taking the time to learn and meet people far wiser than I am in the ways of farming and have someone to ask questions to and. Really, like, the in-person connections that I've made and work with have really helped me grow. So, so uh, and I agree. I think that's just, you know, you choose your mentors yeah. and then you, in turn, mentor other people, like yeah. your friend who's working yeah. here. Do you... Um, delivered to the those farms too i mean how did they get how do they get the location so they have various pickup locations for their csa so i just basically get the flowers to them so i do my one part-time employee does my like one day a week delivery route which is basically dropping all of the week's uh bouquets for the different csas with them and then they kind of Collate out which needs to go to which drop area. That's great. And some people pick up directly from the Korean market too if they're in the area. Mm-hmm. 
so those are your main channels, but you said you also do sell to some florists mm-hmm. and some groceries. So describe how those how that looks. So there's um, the Central Co-op in Tacoma. Is like just across the ferry. I just me. drove by that on the way to the ferry. Yeah, yeah. so it's a beautiful um, big store. It's a beautiful big store, and they, during my uh, main season, they usually order weekly. I do like a large size and a mini size with them, um, so that's really easy. We, Maddie just fits it in her weekly drop uh-huh. route, um, and then. Let's see, the florists I have. So I have a lot of studio florists who just kind of let me know a date when they're looking for a specific palette and I'll try to let them know my fresh sheet or estimates Mm -hmm. of what I think I'll have then. Um, And then we just coordinate. um, They either pick up on the farm or coordinate a delivery time. And then there is a local flower business on the island that's like two blocks away from me. So A retail? uh, Yeah, so they're called Urban Bloom. Oh, wow, that's Um, awesome. There's always been like one retail florist at any given time, yep. in my recollection, from yeah. the back in the day. Remember Dig Nursery? Yes. Was, was that here when you moved here? It was just closing when yeah. I moved here. It just opened as Dig Deep now. Oh, but it's a little more of location? a the same location. Okay. It's a little more of a venue, gardening space, educational space, mm. but mm-hmm. it's really nice. Because I remember back in the day, uh, I mean, I'm thinking over a decade ago, when um, you could buy, occasionally buy cut flowers at Dig, mm-hmm. uh, probably from someone who has just had a small yep. backyard operation. Uh, or maybe Sylvia Matlock, the owner, uh, grew them herself. I'm not even sure. But um, I love that tradition of, you can't get more hyper-local than Vashon yes. Grove, right? Yeah, for sure. The florists, are they mostly on Vashon? And you said they're stu- mostly studio florists? Mm, they're mostly in Seattle. Oh, really? Um, they just know you and yeah, pre-order. Yeah, connected either a lot through Instagram and social media. Mm-hmm. That actually has been a thing way that I've connected with mm-hmm. people and then kind of from there word of mouth I I do some freelancing every once in a while especially in my off season so I meet florists that way and yeah. then they know to reach out for me for specific flowers that's so, so smart yeah. you're building these networks um that just feed all all roads feed back to sweet Alyssa <laughs> yeah but I was going to ask you at the beginning of the interview if you describe yourself as a farmer florist, but you do have a lot of design uh, orientation. And then the fact that you're freelancing for other florists, mm-hmm. it's got to be a just great credibility for, for your design work. Yeah, I mean, and I think I'm just, I'm getting better and better with it. Um, at first, I was like hesitant to call myself that. Because yeah. I, I mean, I, I know how to design, but I felt like I was a lot more of a casual designer mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I like mean, let the flowers design themselves I let the yeah. flowers speak and like you know I would just make sure that when people ordered design work for me they like you know knew my style and that we were going to mesh and it always you know worked out well but I've picked up a lot of tricks over the past yeah. few years too um sometimes I wonder if I want to shift more towards being more of just a grower and mm-hmm. letting other people do more design work but for now in my like young stage of business I'm kind of trying it all yeah and it's nice to be diversified because you're gonna not gonna say no to any revenue stream either mm-hmm. when you um bought this farm you did you have this vision for turning having multiple channels of income or sources of income uh like the you pick and the camping and some some venue uh, you so I did oh yeah. great I love that yeah let's talk about that um I mean I still I'm very much focused on the flowers being like my main thing but um 
As long as you're here and you've got as this As long land. as I'm here. As soon as we saw this property and realized we were going to be able to get in on it, I kind of saw a lot of potential with it for other things. So I just really like the idea of diversifying and, um, I don't know, trying a little bit of everything. And I get requests every week, multiple every week to come see the farm, which is great, but I don't personally have a lot of time. But I just let me know people are really interested in yeah. being involved. So... And having some way to get close to where the flowers are. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of sparked the idea too. So then I kind of set up the venue space and camping, which has been really popular. And then I do have my farm stand and view pick at the front. So mm-hmm. during season, if people want to come get a tour of the farm, I'm usually not available, but they can at least go check out the front you pick and really get hands-on right so you have you have a a little stand and then there's a little a a patch where Mm -hmm. you and that those are your flowers that you allow people to pick yep okay and how many you know are they mostly annuals or what what kind of mix do you have it's mostly pretty low maintenance for me so that i don't have to tend to them too much but like popular ones so Mm -hmm. i usually put sunflowers out there for sure zinnias um there is some of the yellow like prairie sun rude becky yeah just because they're so prolific yeah and, um i do this year i did put dahlias out there wow wow and how do you charge for that is it on the honor system it's honor system so there's a sign that just says oh it's ten dollars like think mason jar sized if you take more please pay more so it's this is a the island is pretty familiar with the farm stand honor pay system. It's really popular on the island. So uh, mainly for food, probably mainly right? for oh, food. Eggs. I saw somebody had eggs and had a lot berries. of eggs. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a whole map of all the farm stands on the island. It's a big deal. <laughs> it's just part of the culture where yes. people are respect the fact that this is your living. And yeah, they they pay accordingly. Yeah. So I mean, there's always probably going to be some loss or people forget but for an unstaffed thing you know it does it works for you it does work yeah, yeah. when you added the, the camping did you have to do special permitting for that yeah well so we go through hip camp which does have its own like insurance um, as long as things are booked through that so oh, that smart. helped yeah. but then we did have to get our own like property venue insurance that covered these um, like side things we were doing. So the UPIC we had to get special insurance for also and camping and then as a venue if we're having weddings um, too. So. But you were, your zoning or whatever your property designation is with the county or the or the city, you didn't have to like go convince someone. We didn't. Wow, no. that's awesome. Yeah, it was basically just making sure we had the right coverage and everybody was safe and followed the rules. But because we're using this hip camp program, like, it's a way that you can do it on your residential land. So. Yeah, you said it's sort of like camping, Airbnb for camping. Yeah, <laughs> and that you're it's your first year, and you're really almost completely booked on the weekends. It's, yeah, most weekends are full, um, and we get a trickle of campers on the weekdays too. But it's great, and our our reviews and feedback have been really good. Oh, good! I'll put a link to it. Yeah, since you said you just had a florist come stay. I did. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, and I I asked you if she. Uh, one to cut flowers. You said you sent her up to the U pick. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't go stay on a flower farm if I couldn't play yeah. the flowers. <laughs> I know. So that's well, that's great. why I'm glad to have the U pick because we get so many requests. People want to see the flowers and go stand in the field, and 
My production one's not always available for that just because... Oh, it's fenced. It's fenced and it's not necessarily made public safe all the time with my like trellising and rusty rebar. <laughs> I know, you were like, watch that. I, have a lot, like, I know where all the potholes and obstacles are, but I can't really let like children go run amok. Right. Well, uh, thanks for letting me in. <laughs> no, you're welcome. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am so impressed with what you're doing. Thanks. I, yeah. I think it's going to inspire other people who haven't really thought about other ways to use their land and you know I think the timing for you moving here right before COVID mm -hmm. you couldn't have predicted how what a surge of interest there would be mm -hmm. in back to back to the land kind of yeah. in general right yeah we felt really grateful because we moved here right before it and we moved from you know a house in a neighborhood in Tacoma to having all this space when COVID and the lockdowns happened so we kind of had our own little outdoor playground and I became very aware that other people didn't yes um so it kind of jump-started like the camping was just an idea but then that kind of jump-started it and made it happen sooner and people have really been grateful and responsive to it so it, it makes me feel happy it's fun to do so we're sitting here on this elevated deck kind of uh in, a, in the, the field but you happen to have some trees that yeah. come up through the opening in the floor of the deck which is so cool yeah but this is sort of your community kitchen then for your campers right or yeah how do you describe it yeah so um it's like the communal deck so there's an outdoor kitchen that our campers use when campers are staying here um my intention is to maybe have like workshops and events that i can hold here too I can you can have take, a meal here too yeah you can have a meal we have actually hosted some dinners on the farm i have a um a local chef friend who mm -hmm. hosted a dinner on the fourth of july Awesome. Um, so I want to like have more more events and let people kind of come see and understand like the different seasons of the farm and what it looks like different times of year. It's awesome. I love it. People seem really excited about it. So. Well, I think I've heard the term forever farm. I think this is probably going to be it for you, right? I feel that way. Yeah, <laughs> it feels different and we're planning it that way. So That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. The only thing that I wanted to follow up on that we talked about earlier, and I just would like to hear your kind of maybe advice for people who are, are watching or listening to this is, is there a tension between selling retail, like through your farmer's markets and grocery store and CSA, and then also selling wholesale? Or, or, or you, know, you obviously have to have different pricing for florists, or are they, they aware of the fact that you need to be paid, you know, not, you know, 50% of the retail costs? Right. That's been something I've been like really sensitive to and trying to maneuver best I can in the past few years. So, I mean, I've openly like talked to some of my florist wholesale customers, like just to get a sense of what they're charging or like what they think about it. Um, but then, and then I, you know, I know what I'm charging them, and I don't want to obviously be like undercutting that or affecting sure. that price for them so that kind of just I kind of consider all that when I price my things that I put out at my farm stand or something like that mm -hmm. so I feel like I'm always kind of thinking about it and trying to consider it but I think that it's a really supportive community at least the people that I've yeah. been doing business with and they they value this product as value added they product. do yeah, and so they you know understand that I have other outlets too and I think as long as we just talk to each other and are aware of what we're all doing and what different we bring to the table yeah um it hasn't it hasn't really been tense or 
bad or anything, yeah. but I think we just all have to be aware of it. Right. Yeah. Right. And as your business evolves and maybe you have a very distinct wholesale operation, maybe you're going to grow different things for the wholesale yeah. florist, you know, for the studio and wedding florist than for the market and grocery store. So yeah. maybe it won't even be an issue. And that's definitely true. Like, it, I mean, my you pick and farm sand flowers look pretty different than usually, you know, the orders that go out to the florist. Yeah. Like they kind of get the specialty colors and varieties and yeah. I say I really do save the best for yeah. my wholesalers. Like they put their orders in on Monday usually and I like, you know, they get the best choice of things. And are they mainly giving you a palette or are they giving you varieties and a palette? Um with the florists it's usually we start with like Sometimes they'll send me like their mood board or the palette and right. then I just let them know what I have in kind of more of a fresh shoot form. Uh -huh. And usually it is like by the bunch, they'll say what they want. Sure. Um, but like we kind of like talk back and forth sometimes. Sometimes it's like, well, what, anything else in blush or and Because you know what I'll know you what's have looking and good. you can say yeah. I've got a whole bunch of this and yeah. And really when they go with what actually is looking best on the farm, like it's the best product and they're the happiest. So if they can be a little flexible with the exact like varieties or types of flowers they get, um, I think then usually the order looks the best when so the most proud to send yeah. it off. But oh, I love it. Yeah. That's great. It's well fun. I think everything looks amazing. Thank and you. I wish I had a wedding to plan so I yeah. could come order flowers <laughs> from you. Sure. <laughs> but uh it's all good. Thank yeah. you. I'm petting the soft head of Our the farm your dog. wonderful dog who was barking when I drove in and now is my best friend. She does that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She, she thinks she's tough for five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll take that. You're going to keep all those deer away, right? Yeah. Scare the does. deer. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you want to uh, mention that I didn't ask you um, about all that you're doing? Yeah. I mean... I think that really covers it. I'm kind of doing a lot. I think you are. I think it was a good way for me to start. Like if people are considering where to grow their business, like trying it all has been kind of good, but I think I need to pare it down. Like I'm fully aware that I probably do need to pare some things down or like choose my, my avenue. So, or if people come to you, maybe it's easier to sell to them so that you're not having to, you know, run around like maybe you won't do the farmer's market for many more years because yeah. yeah. that's probably the biggest time suck yeah but on the other hand you're probably having people ask you if they can buy buckets for their diy wedding yes. or whether you design weddings yeah. and all of that too it comes from all angles right now so i kind of just need to decide like what's going to be my future thing that i'll always say yes to and the thing that might need to to go away just for my time's yeah. sake but are you going to do any more writing? Yeah, I hope to. Oh, I, good. We I want another story to. from you. Sure, I would love to. <laughs> That's I love, a winter project. Right? Uh, yeah, I love it. My my plan starting becoming a flower farmer was that I could farm in the main season and write in the winter because I love writing. And in my other jobs before I started farming, I never had creative energy for it. Right. And, you know, I've been pretty nonstop with the farming in my first three years yeah. but I think it's starting to get back Good. to that cycle so Good. that's that was my like goal from I the would beginning. love that yeah. I would love to see that happen yeah okay well I'll hold you to it cool all right thank you so much yeah thank you and the sun came out it's great beautiful day perfect okay well we are gonna probably have some extra photos to share in the show notes uh when we post this and um I'm gonna bug you for 
sending me some of the, I don't know, the fun things that you've put together yeah. for your market bouquet. Sure. Okay, sure. great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Did you catch the details about on-farm camping at Sweet Alyssum Farm? Right now, for $35 a night, two guests can settle into a spot there on Vashon Island. Alyssa books campers through the website called hipcamp.com. I checked out her listing, which sounds just like the farm looks. It says, Sweet Alyssum is located on 12 acres of sloping fields set against a tall forested backdrop and only a five-minute walk from restaurants, shopping, bars, and groceries. Level campsites are spaced around the property, each with a fire pit and a picnic table. There is a communal central deck for campers' use with a water spigot, power outlet, and sink, plus a propane stove and some cooking utensils. While the working farm fields are not open to campers, the flowers serve as a terrific backdrop, and there's always the U-Pick flower patch and farm stand at the entrance to the property, open for shopping, picture-taking, and flower-picking seasonally. Tempting? Check out the link I'll share in today's show notes and book your camping trip soon. Our next sponsor thanks goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield-gardens.com. Please join us this Friday, September 10th, when we resume our monthly virtual Slow Flowers member meetups after a summer vacation. The time is 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, as we welcome Rebecca Raymond of Rebecca Raymond Floral and Gina Thresher of From the Ground Up Floral, two Slow Flowers members who will share tips for planning and executing a successful styled shoot. They will give our attendees an inside peek into their new webinar, The Ins and Outs of Styled Shoots, which covers best practices for the entire creative process of producing a collaborative styled shoot. And a bonus, Gina and Rebecca are extending a $100 off discount to Slow Flowers members who sign up via the course link, and they'll also share a few other surprises during our meetup. You can follow the link in today's show notes to pre-register for the session. You can always find it, the link in our Instagram profile at Slow Flowers Society as well. And P.S. We know this is a busy holiday week with lots of weddings and also Rosh Hashanah. So rest assured you will be able to find the replay video of our meetup on YouTube later in the month if you miss our gathering on September 10th. Our final sponsor thanks goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 762,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of the domestic cut flower industry, 
the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flower's ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. You can learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.